Hey guys, it's Kurt here. I just wanted to pop in at the top of the episode to talk about this season of Forensics Faces and how it's going to look, actually sound, a little bit different from previous seasons. So as you know, if you listened to last week's episode, Melissa and I actually had the opportunity to be in the same room at the same time, which never happened last season at all. And what we did when we were together is we recorded a bunch of content. So for the next few weeks, you're going to be listening to conversations that we had a couple weeks ago. But we also want to keep it current. We want to make sure we're talking about the tournaments we went to. We want to be praising uh, the great forensics that we're seeing on a week-by-week basis. And we want to have the opportunity to address something if it comes up throughout the weeks. So we're going to start each episode with a new segment that I am calling Phone a Friend, in which I am going to literally call Melissa. We're going to catch up for a little bit, and then we're going to jump into the episode topic. Speaking of episode topics, one thing that we are focused on this year intentionally is being more positive. Melissa and I recognize that a lot of times what we talk about on the podcast are what we in Wisconsin would call areas of improvement. These are parts of the forensics world that we think need to be discussed so that we can improve upon them, so that we can make them better. Um, and, And we stand behind everything we've said uh, in previous episodes, and we think a lot of those topics are things that needed to be brought up, and we hope that we have created a conversation uh, that has been productive in our forensics community and perhaps in forensics communities outside Wisconsin. But that being said, we want to have a year where we just talk about the great parts of forensics and really try to focus on that. And so we are kicking off this season with a discussion called Coaches Helping Coaches. What does it mean to be a coach that is also a part of a community? Well, we think it means reaching out and helping each other, but that can be scary, but once you do it, you can have some amazing results. And so that's what we're talking about this week. So that conversation will follow on the heels of my brief conversation with Melissa about what she saw at the first tournament of the year. Here we go. Well, hi, Melissa. How are you? I'm great, Kurt. How are you? I'm good. It's a Monday That's night. So good to hear. We are we are living our lives. I just got back from Iowa. You've had a long day at work. Been here for twelve hours with Sicily. Whoa. Okay, so. We need to talk about what happened at Forensics this weekend. Uh Uh-huh. So I did not go to Forensics this weekend. I was out of state, but you did. So give us the the two-minute rundown of the tournament as a whole, and then I understand we have something to discuss about the awards ceremony? Yeah. So uh, it was the Oshkosh North Tournament. And for anyone who's in in Wisconsin, you know that Friday night into Saturday, we got a bunch of snow. So there was a lot of panic about whether or not we were going to go. But if the bus driver is going to drive, I will get on the bus. Because I 100% trust the bus driver. If the bus driver says that the roads are fine and they feel comfortable, I trust them. And our bus driver did. And also, I hope he's a constant bus driver. His name is Dana. He made an announcement over the intercom. Once everyone was on the bus, it was 
great. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I was on a school bus and the person used the intercom. But he was super delightful. He wished us good luck as we were getting off the bus. And as we discussed before, that's my favorite thing that bus drivers do. Uh, but we we got to Oshkosh just fine, but a lot of schools ended up having to drop out of the tournament. And judges had to drop out of the tournament. So that created a tabulation nightmare for Mike and Lori. Uh, so their tournament did have to start a little bit behind, but they did a great job making up time as the day went on. I successfully did not eat a donut, even though the donuts of Oshkosh North are good donuts. I restrained. I applaud your willpower. I regret it. I really wish I'd eaten a donut. But you know what? You gotta, gotta be a good vegan and not a bad vegan. But eh, I. There's always I next week. Great thing. Like, I would. Been a long time since I judged forensics, which is to say June of last year. And I, my first round and all the way through, everything I saw was just delightful and so good for the first tournaments of the season. And all the kids were super enthusiastic. And there just was this sort of like camaraderie amongst everyone like, okay, we survived the trip here. We all showed up. And that sort of bonded everyone together. And I feel like the energy in each of my rounds was really good from the students and just made me really happy but then came the award ceremony okay and I got a little less happy okay because Miss Lori decided to call me out <sighs> and call out the podcast saying that we weren't allowed to make fun of something she did during the award ceremony <gasps> which resulted in all of my students like Ooing and me standing up, like pounding my chest, telling her to bring it. <laughs> so guess what, Lori? It's our podcast, and I'm gonna bring it up anyway. Take that. That's amazing. We got a shout out, an unplanned shout yeah, out. We not that we haven't ever gotten a podcast shout out in an award ceremony, but usually it's planned. Yeah, but also I feel like it was less of a shout out and more of a call out. Oh, so I, I hope that you see, are I, I'm a, any, the side story links I sent you for the dance um, battle that we're going to have. Okay, good. Um, I I am one of those people who thinks any publicity is good publicity, so shout out, call out, whatever. I'm just thrilled you're talking about the podcast. First tournament of the year. True. <laughs> Ask it along, man. That's awesome. But if you see me and Lori doing some... Uh, snap steps at each other in a uh, local Wisconsin forensics tournament this season. Just uh, back away slowly, but if Kurt's not there, actually take a video so he gets to watch it. Yes, please and thank you. So that we can put it on our social media. <laughs> okay, but in fairness, you're not bringing up the thing she actually did, and that's fine. What's important is that her first reaction <laughs> to some sort of snafu was <laughs> I don't want to hear about it on the podcast. <laughs> We're a part I of the am psyche I'm fulfilling now. her wishes. Yeah. Technically fulfilling her wishes. Technically. Which is because usually... you like Lori. She's wonderful. But I am going to bring up that she told me not to do it. <laughs> I just love that we're a part of like the zeitgeist. I know. That's we're like, great. 
the most niche kind of cool. And honestly, that's as much cool as I can handle. Right. This is, this is the exact right level. So thank you, Lori, for the call out, shout out, whatever it was. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, it's actually, it almost transitions well into the topic of this week. Does it? Well, it sort of does because it's about, uh, you know, one coach to another sending a message. Uh, In her case, it was a plea not to make fun of her. (laughs) But what we're talking about is coaches helping coaches and uh, being comfortable reaching out to other coaches and making requests. So it's great that she... It was Lori reaching out to me to start a fight. (laughs) <laughs> and um, we're going to uh, mentor each other through uh, this battle. Well, I can't wait to see what the resolution of this is. Uh, we'll have to Dancing. we'll have to check in with it every week, little by little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, week by week. Well, we could do a whole separate podcast just about this beef between the two of you. I haven't had a beef in so long. Now I have beef. That's so exciting. (laughs) All right. So uh, thank you for taking the time to do a quick catch up before we jump into the episode. Um, I will be at a tournament next week, so we can discuss that after we've both been to Appleton East. Um, (laughs) But other than that, we are going to uh, we're going to jump into the episode and I will talk to you next time. another podcast for you hey guys hi (laughs) how's it going kurt good we're good we're great we're fantastic the caffeine is coming oh god bless living or sorry not living working although sometimes it feels like i live here working in a building with its own coffee shop yeah that really was one of the perks the barista is awful, but the tea is delicious. He, in fairness, I think he's new because I, I hadn't seen him down there before. Yeah. So yeah, he's got to learn the ropes. It's true. Got to learn the ropes. If only there was someone there to mentor him. I'm sorry, mentor. Mentor. You say that word so funny. Your mentor. A mentor. Mentor. There we go. I hate it. <laughs> Tis correct. Fine. On today's episode, we are going to talk about coaches and mentors. Now I don't know how to say it. Now I don't know how to say any words. We are talking that about coaches me. reaching out to coaches because we can be weird. Yeah. Well, let me share this story that Mm -hmm. recently happened to me. And I'm going to omit all names because I don't want people getting weird about whatever. I recently had a coach reach out to me asking for assistance, finding a piece for one of their students. uh, Because this student reminded this coach of a student that I used to have. And so the coach thought I might be able to find, you know, a good piece for a similar type of, of young actor. And I was happy to do that. But the part that was weird about it was that in the message asking for help was the implication that I would be able to help because I wasn't currently affiliated with another team. And I thought to myself, 
you know, I would have helped anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, is this part of the psyche of the organization of coaches that we can't reach out to each other for help because we're in competition? Yeah, it's weird. And so today I hope to, to blow that perception out of the water and, and just and talk about ways um, in which we have reached out to coaches for help, mm-hmm. how we have helped others, um, just strategies for, for going out into the world and saying, like, I need help with this and making sure that you're asking people who can actually assist you and can offer you good advice. Um, and with the assumption that, like, we all good people. We nice. We're all friends. We all want this activity to be successful. We mm-hmm. want to see young people being successful. And that as much as our young people, our students are in competition with one another when they go into those classrooms and they compete, we as coaches are mm-hmm. not in competition with one another. No. And we need, we need to, we, we cannot stress that enough in talking about this topic that the mindset of coaches being competitive against one another is like, for me, gross. <laughs> I think it's gross. Uh, we our, our activity is for our students. Our time is to help better our students and better their lives. And that should be the thing that you feel rewarded and that you, would, one would say, get out of it. Mm-hmm. If you're there because you want trophies... Go, go bowl, go well, to the boiling Okay, league. but I'm going to push back against that for a second because, of course, we also all want trophies. But you, but it's, like do we, you want that success for yourself or do you want that success for your team? Yes. Interesting. Yes. I, but see, here's the thing. I think we can't have an honest conversation about this if we don't acknowledge that in human nature, we want to do well. We want to win. Mm-hmm. And part of that... Part of the nature of our activity is that when our teams do well, when our young people do well, it does reflect nicely on us. What I'm talking about, though, is that the, the, the sense that, like, if I help somebody else, that that somehow detracts from what I'm capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Helping someone else be successful only makes more people successful. Yeah. And that, you know, if you're putting... You can put a really good tool into the hands of somebody who doesn't know how to use it, and it's still not going to make them great, you know, but you've at least given the tool to somebody else. You've at least um, helped. So I just don't think, you know, that if, if you are a capable and confident coach, that you have the right, the right reason to believe that, like, helping somebody else is going to hurt you. Yeah. But that, that doesn't at all take away from the fact that, like, of course, you want to work hard for your own kids and for your own students. Um, and in fact, if we all work together to build a culture in which coaches are assisting one another, um, you know, as this coach felt comfortable or maybe felt uncomfortable even reaching mm-hmm. out to me and asking for help, but like bit the, bit the bullet and did it anyways yeah. to help out the kid. If we, if we foster that environment, it's only going to raise everybody up. And, that's and so we do. can all be more successful. Um, so, like, I think I think we have to acknowledge that there is a part of this that's also selfish. Fair, you know. I do. I did just say the phrase in uh, talking about going to nationals that I broke 
Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. I mean, it it it's intensely personal what we do. We put in a lot of work. Um, ultimately, it is the kids who are competing and who are are being successful. But of course, that reflects on us, and and we and that's part of like we have to work through that psychology of it so we can mm-hmm. get to the other side and acknowledge that um, being helpful to other people does not equal hurting ourselves. Yeah. And if it does, then obviously that's the line at which you draw and say like, like if there is somebody who is like zapping your resources to the point where you're like, I'm sorry, I can't help you anymore because I have nothing left to give to my own team. Mm -hmm. That's a different story. Yeah. Like we have to be healthy about it. But if I, well, I mean, uh, we're already talking about it. So like I can use myself as an example I've looked to you and Ben when I had a kid and I couldn't find a piece for him. Mm-hmm. And Ben has said many times that our, and we've talked about the podcast, our library of books and sources is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And Ben has and so well digitized organized. it. And we are, you are more than welcome to reach out to him and say, hey, is there any chance that I could get access to that set of sources? And he can share the link with you. Mm-hmm. They're not cut. Right. You'll have to do that yourself, but the books are still there. Well, I certainly didn't send this coach who asked me. I didn't send him a cut piece. Yeah. It was just like, what types of pieces do you think would be good for this student? And I sent like, I not only did I send a few options, but I also reached out to my former co-coach who also coached this student and asked him like, hey, are there any pieces you've come across that you thought would have been great for this one kid? And I told him why I was asking and mm-hmm. then he shared a couple of ideas and I also sent those off. Like, And again, I would have done that even if I had a team yeah. right now. I would have done that even if that kid was still on my team because I think um, there's 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 no guaranteeing that like one, the things that I suggested were going to work. Mm-hmm. That even if one of them does work, that that kid's ultimately going to be successful with it. Mm-hmm. And even if that kid is successful, like, great. Yeah. Then you got to play a small, you played a small part. There's a successful kid in forensics. That's Mm -hmm. what I, that's what I work for. And one of the reasons that we want to talk about reaching out to each other is that coach burnout is so real. We have plenty of other episodes where we talk about, about it, but I think that building our networks and I don't want to say tightening the ranks. What am I trying to say? (laughs) Like actually building our association where coaches, you know, associate with each other Mm -hmm. will only help make things better. And I am coming from a biased place because I am the WFCA program assistant. So all I do is assist programs Mm -hmm. and give them my knowledge and answer their questions and tell them how I do things. Uh, I had a new coach reach out who said, I have students who are interested in impromptu. I have no idea how to practice it. How do you, how does a student prepare to do impromptu? So I walked her through how our students have practiced impromptu in the past. And that's how it went. I, I, it's not some deep secret. It's not some well-kept hidden myth. Right. It's just how you do it. I'm not, there's no reason for me to not help her and show her what I was doing. She can modify it and change her own way. She can reach out to other coaches, but there's an, I, I have no hesitation in any of that. Mm-hmm. I have looked at speeches for other people and been, and given my feedback. I've also offered it up 
to a student, if I really enjoy them and I think that they are just on the precipice, I've reached out to their coach and said, hey, they're incredible. And I know that you don't normally do this category. If you need someone to help walk it through because they qualify for nationals or something, I would love to help. But I think that's also my nature. I just want to help everyone. Because I'm intensely Hufflepuff. But I also believe that the best way to avoid coach burnout is to reach out to other coaches. But how do we do that, Kurt? Well, I mean, I think a lot of times the first step in getting comfortable with that is forming relationships. And mm-hmm. that starts with having conversations. Which Ugh, is, in person? Yeah. With strangers? But it doesn't have to start in person. <gasps> It, it can doesn't. absolutely start online. <gasps> emails, you know, emails. Um, I think of you know one of the most successful relationships I have built with other coaches in the organization uh, is with Deb and Mike Tross, who I was so scared of because they were coaches when I was a student, mm-hmm. and that to me made them very unapproachable because they were authority figures, and I knew that they are that level of intense about forensics that can sometimes scare people off. Mm -hmm. But Mike also runs one of the earliest tournaments of the season. And when I was a new coach, I needed help. I didn't know how to properly register kids for a tournament. And I had nobody to turn to for assistance except for the guy who was doing the registering. And so I just had to start with an email yep. and be like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> and just ask for advice on the best thing to do. And he was super helpful, but that opened up a dialogue. And then when I came to the tournament a couple weeks later, he knew to look for me and he knew when he saw my name to say hello and to say like, is everything okay? Did you figure everything out? Mm -hmm. Do you need any more help? And that was the beginning of a relationship with Mike and Deb Tross that has grown over the years into something that's really special and important to me. And, and that is not to say, as we've said on this podcast before, like, that's not to say that, like, I agree with everything they like or that they agree with everything that I like. Like, they haven't turned me into mini trosses. <laughs> they have their, their style and their approach and their opinions. I have mine. We exist together. We share our thoughts Um, hearing from them has helped me in a lot of ways. I think hearing from me has probably influenced them to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. We grow and learn from each other. And And like, that to me is just one of the prime examples of like, if I had been too afraid and I was, I was so afraid because I also don't like asking for help. No. Um, and I was, especially when I was younger and taking over a team, I did kind of think like, this is my castle and I have to make sure that I keep other people out. It was tough for me to like send that initial email and be like, is this right? Like, is this what you're looking for? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I do it? And the response could not have been kinder or more generous. Um, And I, I mean, I don't remember what that first email was about, but what I do remember is that his response included so much more information, questions that I didn't even know to ask at the time. And I think that attitude of just like, I want, I want you to be successful in registering correctly because that helps him as a tournament director. And so I think 
the reason I bring that up is that I think the the first barrier to get past is that is our own reticence to reach out for help. Yeah. Because we think we're being a burden. And even if like I guess I'm here to say like no you're not. You're a burden when you forget to ask for help or when you're too afraid to ask for help and then you do something wrong. Mhm. And I'll I'll say that as a fellow coach, I will say that as as a fellow coach who has students who has gone into rooms with your kids who showed up unprepared or didn't know the rules because that puts everybody in that room in an awkward position as a coach who hires judges, who tells them how things are going to be. And then suddenly things aren't going the way they're supposed to because people showed up unprepared or not knowing the rules. And I will also say it as somebody who has run tournaments, it is very, I would so much rather in the weeks leading up to a tournament, hold the hand of somebody who who needs the hand holding than to get to the day of and have people be like, oh sorry, I just didn't know. And now like my tournament's in a mess. You know, the first 20 minutes are nothing but problem solving because yeah. well, I just didn't know. You will never be more of a burden asking for help than you are when you don't ask for help and you get it wrong. Mm-hmm. So get past that. Get past that barrier of like, oh, I'm a burden. No, you're not. You're so much more a burden if you don't ask for the help. Get the help. Just do it. And outside of the whole like new coach thing, if you feel like you're struggling in a category, oh, look at that results packet after a tournament. And if there's a school that it seems like they have kids doing well in that category, reach out to them and say, hey, I noticed that you were really successful at this category. Do you have any tips for me on how I can help my students out? And most coaches, they're not going to give you everything, but they mm-hmm. might, they'll tell you, hey, this has worked really well for me in the past. Because it's not, it's not always the thing, it's the student. Right. But you also don't have to do it exactly like they do. It might just set you on the right path. And a lot of program assistance for me is just putting someone on the path. Right. I will handhold, sometimes drag. But a lot of time it's just, oh, we're all walking this way. Would you like to come with? Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, it makes that experience so much better for all of us. If you just ask the question and if you're like, oh, I just, you know, I'm really intimidated by other coaches, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Program assistance and my email address basically exist for you to ask questions. Yeah. there It is my unpaid volunteer duty to answer all of your questions and point you to the resources our association has developed and give you anything from my breadth of knowledge that you need. I always tell people, if you have any questions, let me know. I would much rather answer questions than solve problems. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's always what we would rather do. And we want you to stick around. We want your kids to stick around. We want your relationship with our association and our coaches to be a positive one. Yeah. We want to invite you into it. Kurt and I are sitting at this podcasting table because we built a relationship through the association. And it's, I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but like, I, you're like pretty cool. I like hanging yeah, out with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like whatever. whatever. But also some of the most important relationships, again, like you were talking about the trosses, like there are people in my life who are there because I met them in forensics. Mm-hmm. And so I want other people to experience that. When, when new coaches join, I'm always like, oh, yes, 
you're going to love this. Like you, I want to make sure you know this person. Let me introduce you to this person. And I, I want other people to feel about it the way that I do. Yeah. I think you said something um, that I want to pick out, which is, you know, you were talking about, we're all going this way. Why don't you come along? I think that invitation is like the next ingredient Mm -hmm. in this, which is that, Yes, if you're new or you have a question, you should feel empowered to ask that question or to reach out and ask for assistance in any, whatever the context is. You should feel like you should be able to reach out for help. There should also be, and there are, a group of people who have it figured out, who are experienced, Mm -hmm. who are no longer new, who should be looking to their left and to their right. And if there are people you don't know, should be reaching out a hand to say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Where are you from? How long have you been doing this? Because one thing that you'll find that's it's surprised me many a time is like, oh, hi, I'm the coach from X school and I've been doing it for 10 years. And you're like, we've been doing this for 10 years and we haven't met? Ships like, in the night. It, it happens. It happens. And so um, new people or people with questions need to reach out. People who feel like they have to have it figured out, they also need to be reaching out Mm -hmm. and they need to be inviting along and they need to be looking for the people who look like they're new or who look like they have a question. And and then opening that door to say, what do you need? How can I help you? If you're in one of those rooms that you were mentioning where their student is coming in unprepared, use that critique sheet also as a method to reach out to the coach. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like your student didn't know that this thing was happening. I just want to point you to this rule, but you can also figure out, okay, I'm going to try to go ask I, the tab I mean, room. Go so far as to be like, yeah. And you know, feel free to find me at the next tournament. If you have any other questions mm-hmm. or here's my email. Yeah. Or you can even you, that you have that student's code when you go to the tab room and say, Hey, can you let me know what school the students from? I just want to reach out to their coach about something. The tab, the people at the intake table should help you out and say, mm-hmm. Oh, there it's this school. And then you can go approach that coach and say, Hey, I just want to let you know, I judge your student and they don't understand this back to, this aspect of the category. So I don't know if you want to tell them yourself or if you want, if you have any questions about it, I would love to help you now, mm-hmm. especially if it's after the first round, that student can be set right and then on their way. No. But if, if you don't have the opportunity to do that, the critique sheet is a great method of, to convey something to another coach because coaches should be looking at them as well as students. No. And well, and I guess part of me, I am always like a, what if they don't look at it type person. Mm -hmm. So I do like taking that extra step of actually reaching out directly to Mm -hmm. the coach. Um, And I mean, I, my experience is unique and I wouldn't even necessarily recommend it to others in that, like I very early in my coaching career, I got on the executive board. And so that I was introduced to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so if I saw a school well, I already knew their coach. I knew who it was. So I could go to them directly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that one extra step of asking tab and explain yourself very clearly yeah. because tab should be, they should be suspect of anybody who's like, I need to know whose kid this is mm-hmm. because you're really not supposed to know that. Yeah. Um, but if you explain, I'm a coach, I saw this happen in the round and I think the, the, coach of the student should be made aware. I'm happy to do that communication myself. If you don't want to, then usually they'll be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Go talk to them. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, I, I think, I don't know. I I don't know that I would trust a critique sheet, only a critique sheet. I'd want to follow up. 
And that's fair. But I also acknowledge that sometimes you just don't have the time at a tournament to follow up. So you could potentially look in a results packet to see what school the kid was from and then figure out a way to reach mm-hmm. out to them via email yeah. in a non-in-person way. Right. Some of us have social anxiety and we're really bad at meeting new people, which makes me so weird about the fact that I'm the program assistant and I'm supposed to just meet strangers. Mm-hmm. But I will 100% admit, it's hard. I think a lot of us are that way, aren't we? A lot of us are sort of introverts, some people just, you know? Some people just are not, and they can just, like, talk to strangers. I mean, I can if I'm forced to. And we're not forcing you, but we're telling you, if you are not enjoying your coaching experience, mm-hmm. building a, like, a group of people that you are excited to see on Saturdays, really makes it better for you because you don't always just have the motivation of, of your students. It sucks to wake up that early and to be that cold. But when you know, okay, I'm going to get off this bus and I get to go into a room that is warm and there's going to be coffee and there will be people there that I like Mm -hmm. that can be really helpful. And it's so much more reliable than your kids doing well. Yeah. If that's what you're in forensics for, like, Mm -hmm. Also, because That's it's tough. forensic season, you see those people more than you do, like, other friends. Right. <laughs> so you might as well have some socialization then. Uh, and I, I can't imagine being a coach without having a, the coaching, like, network no. of friends that I do. Because those people are great. And they are people who have coached for decades and people who have coached for two years. Mm-hmm. And we, there, there's no one in forensics that I would label as suckish. Like there's no coach. Oh gosh, no. There's no coach where I'd be like, okay, but email me and I'll tell you which coach I want to reach out to. Like they're all genuinely nice people. <laughs> you have to be to do this. Right. There's some level of self-sacrifice. So yeah, get, get over yourself. Yeah. And, and again, if you're one of those people who, who has gotten past the point where you need to ask the basic questions, Start looking around for who might need the help and make sure they know you're available. You know, I, I, for all the years I was a coach in the WFCA and will hopefully be again in the future, for all of those years, I was uh, on the mentor list for the program assistants. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand why anybody would not be. Yeah. Like, it's such an easy, like almost every, every coach in the WFCA should be on that list. And there, and there are people who are not on that list, but who I give their email out to regional coaches. Too. And I imagine they're fine with it. And that, they're always fine. Know? They're always great. So it's, it's, it's such an easy, like it's such an easy thing to give. And, but again, self-care, make sure that you're giving enough of yourself to your own team. Mm-hmm. If it does get to the point where somebody is overusing you as a resource or you feel like now, okay, now you're running their team, you have that conversation and be like, Hey, I've reached a point where like, I need to focus on, on my kids and my team right now. Um, you know, I think I've given you some really excellent resources. It's time for you to go mm-hmm. fly. Yeah. That's, uh, that's okay too. Um, I also think we need to not be afraid to acknowledge where we are personally strong and where we personally could use some help even once we know what's going on. Because yeah. a lot of this conversation is centered around like things you might not know or not knowing the rules or not knowing procedures or not knowing a certain category. Mm-hmm. But 
I also think of like the conversation we had last year with Allie about acting, where she reminded me of a time when I worked with her because you as a coach had decided like, it's time for you to have new eyes. Mm -hmm. I had gone as far as I could. And I think that's such a wonderful example of a time Mm -hmm. when like we could be reaching out to each other for help. And so many of us, so many coaches, especially like who run tournaments, like you don't end up judging that often. It's not that big of a deal. And you only judge three rounds in a day or four if you go to a power round. It is not that big of a deal to work with somebody else's kid and then make a note for the tournament director to say, please don't have me watch that kid. Speechwire tournament software has made things so much easier. You can block judges from specific competitors if you need to. Um, And you don't have to remember it. You don't have to think about it. It's not like in the old days where you just had to have a list and then at the end of every every time you scheduled something, go and cross-reference that list to make sure you didn't do it, do the thing you weren't supposed to do. The software does it for us. So it is it is so much easier nowadays. It's it's more or I I, it's, I guess it's less unfair. Yeah. to tournament directors mm-hmm. to ask them to avoid certain kids. Yeah. It got to the point by the end of my years coaching in North, I had no problem telling people, just block me from South. Because not only have I worked with some of those kids. We travel together. We travel together. You and I share a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. I know what they've been working on. I know what they're struggling with. Yeah. I know what I know what happened at their coaching session on Tuesday. It's no longer unbiased. Yeah. You know? And I happily would have worked with any of your kids at any point in time. Mm-hmm. As I would have with any kid from anywhere yeah and, and, and would, would do it now happily as well and and we're not saying that you have to make time to travel to another school to like sit in their area and practice with them have the student record themselves on their phone take that file email it mm-hmm. it's very easy and also it's helpful for students to record themselves <laughs> i really now i'm just like really into the idea of just getting over yourself because it, yeah, you just have to, you have to find the ways to be helpful to your students. Yeah. And that is where you get to sometimes where you just, you have to step aside and it's someone else's turn. Especially if you, because in the situation with Natalie and I, I, we cut that piece together. It was a very difficult piece to cut. And we had worked on it so intensely because she was so determined that both of us had just wrung each other out. Like I had given her all I could, but she had also given me all she could because she knew what level of performance I expected, but it mm. wasn't necessarily the best level. So that's why I was like, okay, we need other people. So especially, and it's not just students that aren't doing well. Like, No, she was doing very well that and season. Yeah, and it's not, and we're just saying, if you have a student who maybe who is middle of the rope, you believe in them and you just can't figure out what it is and you have tried things and you've reached the end of your list of things to try, send an email, say, hey, I have hit this roadblock with my students about this thing. What can we do? And we want to help. Especially if you're a coach out there who doesn't have assistant coaches. Like I always had the pleasure of having at least one co-coach or Mm -hmm. assistant coach that uh, if I, if I got stuck, the first thing I could do would be like, well, just go work with that other person because I think you need a fresh set of eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, especially if you're if you're on your own. Ooh. 
how important it is to build relationships with and know the other people in your area. You need a backup team. Um, and this will harken back to something I said in the last episode about like how I'm up in Green Bay now and I've sent some emails and I, I am still somewhat incredulous about the fact that like I am somebody with 10 plus years of experience coaching forensics. And when I reached out to forensics coaches, didn't even get a reply. I'm going to find those people. I'm going to beat them up. Well, but uh, no, it's not. No, don't see. I'm a, I'm a, she's see the thing is she's being funny, but some people might take it serious. Okay. No, I, I, and just, I, I worry that especially up in this area that like, are people that sensitive that like they won't respond to an email. And then oh if somebody says they're going to beat them up, but I'm not going to beat anyone up. I just, the idea that someone like Kurt could reach out to someone and say, Hey, I would like to put these resources of mine and this talent of mine and these skills of mine to good use. Would you like to take advantage of that? And everyone was like, yeah. So like, but like I fear, and this is an assumption because obviously I don't know. My fear is that for some reason, those people are suspect of somebody saying they want to help. And like, what is, what has happened to make them feel that way? Or, Maybe they just feel so proprietary about their own team that they don't want help from outside. Like, these are the things that I, I worry about. Like, is that happening here? And you I know? There, I know that there are coaches who do feel that way, mm -hmm. who are really, as you said before, they've built their castle. Their moat is very wide and they're not letting the bridge down for anyone. Right. And just to be clear, because I know there are a lot of teachers out there who are probably thinking like, well, what time did you email them? I emailed them in August before the school year started. And then I followed up in October after like the first month of school had been completed because I know that like emailing somebody during the first few weeks of September. No, no. That like, I shouldn't expect a response if I do that, but mm -hmm. I know I've been working with you guys long enough. I know what's a good time to send an email and what's not. So, and one of them, I know the email went through because I actually had to email the activities director who then forwarded my email to the forensics coach. And he emailed me back right away saying, got your email. I'm forwarding it to the forensics coach. Mm. So it's not that the emails weren't going through. Yeah. No, we aren't spies. The idea that no, someone would be like, like I, genuinely like, want to help I just want to be helpful. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that is weird for people to conceive. Like there might be people listening to this who are aghast by the idea of sharing their library with someone. I, that's what I'm saying. I think that that, like, I think the, the only reason I can think of that somebody wouldn't reply to that email is that they're somehow suspect of it, that they're incredulous that such a thing could, could even exist. And that means we've built a community in Wisconsin, in the FCA and the HSFA, where people are suspect of somebody who says, I'd like to help. And Kurt? that's weird. Kurt, are you a spy? Because if you're a spy, you have to tell me. Is that the rule? Mm -hmm. It's no, entrapment. I'm not a spy. Oh, okay. Just checking. You know what I am? I'm a spy for this podcast. <laughs> I would have brought whatever I learned in those situations back to the podcast, and I would have shared it with other people. You mean you would have distributed your resources for the betterment of those around you? That's, that's the goal. How yeah. weird. No, we... This activity is hard. Being so a forensics hard. coach is difficult. It is not the easiest thing to do. 
you need people who help you lighten the load, share the burden, and help make you want to continue. Mm-hmm. You need all those motivations. And there are so many of us that want to. Yeah. And I would say too, if you happen to ask somebody who really can't give of themselves in that way, um, or who maybe is not yet to the point where they feel comfortable mm-hmm. offering advice or help, move on to the next one. Yeah. It's, it, this may be a type of situation where you ask somebody for help and they have to say no. But that doesn't mean that's going to be the case every single time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you are, if you wanted, like Kurt reached out to the activities director who forwarded it, if you need a middleman, my email for program assistance is on the website. Mm-hmm. Email me, let me know what you need or who you need it from, and we can start it, try to start a dialogue. You keep saying your email's on the website. Does that mean you don't know what the email is? Program assistance at WS or Wisconsin forensics. I don't know. <laughs> Melissa gave at gmail.com y'all. <laughs> Melissa spelled weird. Look that up too. Yeah. That one's a bit much. Uh, no, I, I, I will happily. <laughs> like, you keep saying it's on the website. I was like, I didn't know about program it. assistance at WFCA forensics.org. Yeah. But is it program dash assistance or, just or program, program assists? Like, I don't, I don't even know. So many. I should so I probably guess, know. Go look it up on the website or just send us a DM. Yeah. Or you can email us. Listen at forensicspaces.com. Yeah. And we'll answer it. We'll happily. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be your mentors. Oh gosh. We will be your mentor. <sighs> Tor? Mentor. Okay. Yeah. Mentor. I'm going to look it up on Forvo now. I don't know what you just said. Forvo is a website where you can look up how to properly pronounce words from all sorts of languages. Oh, that's fun. I use it all the time as an audiobook narrator. Mm. And I have written it down on people's uh, critique sheets because sometimes... They need it? Sometimes they, sometimes they need it. Um, is there something that one of your mentors said to you that you... Oh, wait, hold on you find it uh something that one of your mentors said to you that still sticks with you i don't know how to turn the volume on on my phone (laughs) i'm old swipe from the top it's playing and then your volume oh oh the bluetooth connection on my phone is through my podcast studio which was turned down Mentor. Yeah, I say it wrong. There we go. Oh, isn't that fun? It's so fun. I can play something through my phone onto onto the podcast. Everybody, we have upped our game. It is fancy in here. If you saw the pictures on our Instagram of what the studio space looks like now, it is chef's kiss. Um, But before Kurt spent a lot of time proving me wrong. uh, But also you taught me how to use my phone. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I was asking what if what if anything has a mentor like nugget or tip that you've gotten that you either pass down to other people or like still sticks with you. Cause mine is from Steve Thompson, mm. my uh former coach, and it's just you can't make them practice, but you can invite them. Mm-hmm. And that 
I have to remind myself of that, that sometimes just having your practice schedule out invisible isn't enough. Sometimes you have to reach out to a student individually, talk to them in person and say, hey, I noticed you didn't sign up for my practice schedule. I'd love to get you on my schedule. And that in-person guilt yeah. can help. But yeah, you can't make a practice, but you can invite them. Um, I'm gonna, I forget who was the first person to say it to me. I know it was either uh, Mary Wacker or Bonnie Knight in one of the first episodes of this podcast I did. And I don't think they even knew what they did when they said it. But at some point they were just kind of talking about a healthy perspective on forensics. And they just said like, it's just forensics. Mm -hmm. And I've really, I've adopted that as one of my mantras throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've shared it with a lot of different kids and a lot of different coaches. And and like, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's just just forensics. forensics. Um, And when we get too caught up in it and we get too worried about being successful or like if something goes wrong or God forbid somebody gets disqualified, like, it's not the worst thing that could have happened. Mm-hmm. It's just forensics. So just forensics. that I've carried with me for a very long time. That's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. So if you are someone who feels like at this point in the season, because we're still early, yeah. if you are struggling, let's chat. Yeah. And you know what? If you're in uh, this part of Wisconsin, in the Green Bay area, and you need some help, let me know. I Kirkland. I am I am uh, committed to judge for one school in particular throughout the year. But you know what? If if you need to have me work with a kid, I will happily make sure I don't judge them. Because mm-hmm. it's easy year. to do. So easy. So. All right. So we will talk to you guys next week. We hope that you're having fun. Again, we're in these first few weeks of the forensic season. You can do it. You're still figuring stuff out. It is okay to not be where you want to be at this point. That is a message for coaches and students. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of time left. Mm-hmm. But Have you, can't, you can't get better if you don't reach out for the tools to do so. And you can't get better if you don't work at it. Kids. Darn right. Be practicing. Go practice right now. Practice. If any kids are still listening at this point, that after an entire episode talking about coaching, good for you if you are. Yeah, you made it. Nicely done. Thank you for, for doing that. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Forensics Faces is proudly produced in Wisconsin, the birthplace of the National Forensics League. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, the best way to support the podcast is to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can get in touch with Melissa and me by emailing listen at ForensicsFaces.com. You can also find links to all our social media accounts and online merch store by visiting ForensicsFaces.com. This is Kurt encouraging you to listen, think, and speak, preferably in that order. (music) 